Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because. I look good. I got big energy every day. Let's go! And he is dicked. Blind squirrel finds an every once in a while. That's right. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Come on, Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. (laughs) Well, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, sitting with my buddies, Kev Hug and Duggan. Morning, boys. How the hell are (laughs) you? Doing great. Let's not forget Kyle, the coach, Duggan. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Um, all right, gang, it is Friday morning and we have, again, lots to talk about. Some, it, it kind of surprises me. I feel like in episodes past, we'd be like digging, trying to find like, oh God, yeah. here's this tidbit of information we could talk about briefly. But like, I don't know. It feels like the news has been hot and heavy lately. This, we've, we've got an avalanche spot. Yeah, yeah. we've got a sweet spot in the season of like content to talk about, which is nice. right. And we're not and like, yeah. It doesn't not, hurt that Justin has like five new awards this week. I know. So. Yeah, that that's great. And and we're still in this playoff contention. Like, I feel like near yeah. this spot last year, we were kind of like, I don't know, are we going to do it? And then we it was all Lynn hate at this point. It was, <laughs> it was like, a lot of yeah, hate going on last year. So this <laughs> like, is definitely. How bad can we lose so that Lynn gets fired? <laughs> yeah. That was what our conversation. Right. What bad time. decision do we have to look forward to this week? Um, yeah. No, this feels totally different. So lots to talk about. First and foremost, happy belated birthday, Mr. Philip Rivers, uh, born December 8th. He hit the big 4-0. Can't believe happy it. Birthday yeah, happy birthday, big guy. What a, blessed, what a blessed day. December 8th. Just blessed. Day hey, do you guys want to hear some fun? Charger um, Savior was born. Our Charger Savior. Do you guys want to hear some fun stats that I pulled for uh, our man, Phil Rivers? Yes, please. Sure. Okay. So um, he is an eight-time Pro Bowler. Uh, He's number five in passing TDs, number five in passing yards, and number five in completions, the lucky number five. Mm. Number 12 in passer rating, and he's never missed a game. 
252 straight starts. And the creme de la creme, the whipped cream and cherry of a career stat on top, played through torn ACL in 2007 AFC title game. Everybody remembers that game. It was a hell of a game. What a stud. What a a tough guy. And God, we love you, Phil. Love you so much. Um, And then, uh, A, good job, everybody. (laughs) Y'all did it. Y'all made it happen. You hit your refresh. You voted. I saw Karen was (laughs) voting at Disneyland. She was waiting in line, (laughs) voting, and it paid off. Justin Herbert, yet again, winner (laughs) of the FedEx Air Player of Week 13. Oh my god! I, it's so funny because I saw a post. Somebody posted like where the stats were at the point. Yeah, it was seventy percent like smoked. Seventy yeah. percent, um, Tom. Thirty percent us. And somebody posted like, guys, time to step it up. We gotta and do everyone it. stepped it up, please. Yeah, <laughs> for a boy. Um, it all it, it all paid off, man. <laughs> it's Good. funny how much pride we take. Absolutely, <laughs> fan voted online. Well, it's something we yeah. control, right? We have control yeah. over this, and it's. I mean, we're still in these in these talks it, we're, we still have the ability to vote for these guys. Like last year, it was all Pepsi rookie of the week. It was just Pepsi, 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 Pepsi. And then we were doing the exact same thing. Now it's FedEx. Right. We've, we've, we've graduated to FedEx and that's yeah. where the votes are happening. So uh, good job, Justin, uh, for, for getting the win. Good job. Everybody out there that voted. Thank you for, for helping our boy. Um, and then he also won the AFC offensive player of the week, Justin Herbert with his, 74% completion. Yeah. You hear that? You hear that, Dan? You hear that? Yeah. You hear that? You hear that? <laughs> Mr. Orlovsky. Who, you hear that? Who was who the better player of the week? Oh, it appears that Justin Herbert was the better player. <laughs> he was the best the player week. in all of the AFC. All right. of the AFC. Game. Not just his yeah. game. Exactly. What yeah. a concept that the team that won had the better quarterback. Who who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thunk it? Only us do we beat a team and everyone says the team that we beat is still the better team. <laughs> like, that's the only... I, we are a, we're a better team than most teams that we play. Yeah. Like the Broncos, we're a better team. Like I know that obviously the Broncos fans don't feel that way, right, but we have course. a more talented roster, and Deep we have down the, in their hearts. They the know. most important position. They know that we are leaps and bounds better than them. Right. And so we lose to them, and then the analysts are like, oh, maybe the Broncos are real, and maybe, maybe the Chargers suck. <laughs> we beat the Bengals, and it's like, no, the Bengals are still Super Bowl. Oh, no, no. Like, we we got to stick with this topic, guys. Chargers <laughs> yeah. suck. Remember that, okay? Yeah. Um, I remember. It's on the agenda. <laughs> it's on the, it's, I, put a, put a, I highlighted it, okay? Um, so, yes, good job, Justin, uh, for getting AFC Offensive Player of the Week. And... I, you would have thought that that would have been the end of it because that was all that we were at least aware that Justin could possibly win. This came out of left field. I didn't. I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. No, I didn't mean either. But apparently, uh, anybody that watches again Charger social media saw like some green slime and was. I saw that. I was like, no way. Did he really? And apparently, yes, he did. Justin Herbert also won the Nickelodeon NFL Slime Time. MVP award for his performance in week 13 matchup against the Bengals. Tape, tape, so. tape, Dan. Dan, <laughs> even, tape, the kids, even the kids, yeah, even, even the kids even, know. The children <laughs> watch that game and go, that guyy's better at football. Come on, Dan. Come on, Bunch Dan. of seven-year-olds running circles around you, yeah, Dan. A seven-year-old yeah. can see it, Dan. Why can't you? SpongeBob um, knew that, that <laughs> Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. Lock it up, Dan. Yeah, come on. Um, so good, good to see Justin win it. He's it's such a good video. He gets slimed, and it, 
get, seeing him get slimed is awesome, but then seeing him like run around and try to get the slime on everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I know because it almost looked like he like he like hunched over like he was like upset, and the whole right, team was like, kind of quiet God, watching. Dude, I just and then all of a sudden shirt. he starts like bear hugging everyone. Right? Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, it was, was really good. cool, I, I, and you love to see it because I mean, again, it just combats against that talk of him being the quiet quarterback that doesn't right. you know interact or get along much with everybody. It's yeah. like no, dude, everybody loves this guy. Loves yeah. this guy, Kyle. I think I think we got to get our kids on this Nickelodeon NFL. Like the way they they cover the NFL for kids. I think we got to get oh, our they, kids on what, this. Do they do like a game a week? Or yeah, something? they do the game. They uh, cover it and they do this stuff. So I'm on it. My sons are going to be watching yeah. this. I'm going to lock lock the TV, put on <laughs> NFL slime time, and rock and roll. Yeah. Um. It, like yeah. It. So good job, Justin, locking up three. Three accolades between <laughs> between Monday and Friday. Good for Good you, work. buddy. And then uh, it doesn't stop there for for the Chargers, folks. Uh, Corey Lindsley uh, was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Congrats! You know we just picked up this guy this year, and already he's making making an impact with the uh, with the community. Um, Lindsley and his wife Anna uh, have been involved in CASA, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates. Uh, an organization that appoints certified volunteers to advocate in the best interests of children. So, yeah. what? Cool. What? Yeah, I mean, we've heard a, a bunch of different uh, charities out there. You know, ones that we all know and, and appreciate. But this was one. Casa was just like, I. What is this? I've never even heard of this. Right. And yeah. Yeah. What? A, what a great concept that you know because it is. It's like kids. Kids can't go to court and be like, Your Honor, uh, I move to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You yeah know, exactly. You Objection. Have somebody, yeah. Objection, Your Honor. Objection. Somebody that actually looks out for the best interest of the children. So what a yeah. great concept, great thing to get behind. And congrats to Mr. Lindsley for being nominated. Hopefully he can make it there. I think, I can't remember, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, is that fan voted or is that... Because I, I feel like I'm, so. I'm, I I've seen so. Karen voting. That uh, maybe. maybe I don't. They they're putting everything online. I don't know how they're don't looking ask at us. that. Ask Karen. Yeah. <laughs> ask Karen. Karen. Everybody. Yeah. Know. Everybody. Email uh, Karen Love Sports to find out uh, how we can help uh, Mr. Lindsley win it all the way for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I think eventually, though, honestly, they're gonna stop taking away. They're gonna take away the ability to multi just because of us. Just because they're gonna have <laughs> yeah. to put a new stipulation in because of the Char- Charger fans because we're just too diehard. The Chargers and too good keep at winning. Our phones. For I thought they didn't have the fans. You told me they didn't have fans. <laughs> so he's like, they don't. There's like four people voting a million times each. <laughs> They're the best. We've fans. tracked the IP addresses. It's all coming from four people. <laughs> That's not true. Not true at all. Um, all right. And then this popped up. This was just kind of random and interesting, and it 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 piqued our interest. Um, Stat Geek. Uh, Justin Herbert is the first quarterback in NFL history to record a passing touchdown, uh, a catch for a two-point conversion, a tackle, and a rushing attempt in a single game. Pretty interesting. Oh, Pretty interesting. Love to see that. Odd. Take that, put it in the back pocket, yeah. and hold on to it for maybe a future conversation. I may, I may or may not have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah. Who knew? I mean, I, the only other thing was like kick a field goal, and that would have just been like the coup de grace of like all <laughs> yeah. of it. Like, <laughs> what else can you do? Yeah. And we've seen Mix. him. He, he can do it. We've seen him at practice. He can kick a field goal if he has. And he to. mixes the perfect Gatorade mix for the on the sideline. The perfect Gatorade. Yeah. Mix. Now, now it's all going to have a little bit of slime in there too. Yeah. Um, and then this also was random. Uh, there is a company called EDJ Sports who are taking next-gen stats to even greater heights. 
This company has a computer model for coaching. Hmm, who knew there was such a thing? They analyze every coaching decision during the course of a season. Their model enables the coach's play calling choices like run, pass, field goal, punt uh, to be assessed at the point of decision, aka pre-snap, and rated with respect to their impact on winning the game. As a result of this process, all play calling decisions can be objectively classified as either optimal decisions or suboptimal decisions. Mm -hmm. And at the top of this list, uh, with the CCI rank of one and an EPI rank of two, I don't know what that (laughs) means, but he's got it. (laughs) Coach Daly sitting up at number one. So, yeah. Next level, next gen. Next Next level. Yeah. And, the, the, whatever the CCI and the EPI is, obviously we we did a ton of research to figure this out. We, uh, whatever we those well. are, um, <laughs> we just saw a stat that we were ranked one at number like, one. Toss that yeah. in there. Yeah. Let's throw the yeah, shit in the outline. It. It's gotta yeah. happen. They're basically like taking the average of the two. So Staley is right up there at the top right now, and by a pretty by a pretty good margin, I think uh, Lafleur is right behind him. And it's crazy to see Belichick it's down all the at young number coaches. sixteen, like. Yeah. It sounds like this is like go for it on be unconventional stat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you got Belichick down halfway through, punt, 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 still winning games. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, they're probably I don't know. It, whatever it is, cool on you guys for coming up with a model we're that's first. awesome, and we're number one. So suck it. Right. I mean, if anything, this so suck this, it, Belichick. Suck. <laughs> suck. When, All thirty-one other coaches <laughs> suck it. When his ranking probably went down really bad because they threw the ball three times on Monday. That's true. That probably, probably yeah, that affected his stats. <laughs> that was suboptimal. <laughs> that was suboptimal. <laughs> I don't think this this analytics takes into account the weather, <laughs> the no. situation, or yeah. the size of your balls. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> what? Almost just kill me. You got to factor. Hey, if you're gonna factor in all the stats, you got to factor in the size of the huevos. It's right. just the reality, and that's how Staley got to one. That's circumference. right. He's, he's got the big balls. Um, yeah. If anything, this is just proof that if somebody goes like, "Well, why should Staley be coach of the year?" He'd be like, "Hey, check his CCI rank, buddy. Number one. <laughs> Go check EDJ Sports, my guy." Um. All right. Well, after we announced or we didn't announce it we just we talked about keenan allen we broke uh, it 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 was our it was our we did it everybody congrats um after we talked about keenan allen getting covid or being put on the covid list um it was reported that mike williams and chris harris jr uh were also being put on that covid list and it just was like what is happening don't stop come on um and even more so that both aren't vaccinated, uh, which would potentially knock them out of the game Sunday versus the Giants. Um, and possibly our Thursday game against the Chiefs. Right, because it is a short week. Ten we could days. potentially that's not have them there. That's if they test positive. Right well, now, yes. they're only close contact. So they Correct. can still so play Sunday, Thursday. So right that now, was, we still have hope. That was the big thing. So Jeff Miller tweeted, or it was tweeted that they went on the COVID-19 list uh, Jeff Miller tweeted that they weren't vaccinated. And then Mike Garofalo uh, said that Coach Daly says that Mike Williams and Chris Harris are not out for Sunday versus the Giants. Both were just close contacts of Keenan Allen. So they are just in that same kind of protocol. The day-to-day, they need to continue to test negatively as well. Right. Uh, and if that can happen, then we'll see them on Sunday. But I saw the funniest thing to this tweet. Somebody commented, one a Browns podcast or something said, um, our DBs don't have to worry about about it. They weren't close contacts to Keenan Allen. 
the Bengals. Yeah, the, yeah. The, sorry, oh, the, the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. The so uh, one of their podcasts said that I was like, "Holy oh, shit, you guys, that's good." Take that uh, was funny. Like that's a good that's joke. Awesome. Like that's, that's a good, a good solid joke. That's a great joke. joke. Yeah, great solid. joke. Great joke. Yeah, great. So, joke. Good joke. Um, so yeah, joke. so potentially, I mean, we need to keep an eye on this, all of you. You know, and everyone. Put those fingers, flip flop yeah. them over the top of each other. Cross your keep fingers. Because shit. Say a little prayer, whatever you got to do. Uh, and hopefully we see these guys on Sunday. Um, yeah. Yep. I mean, well, let's think if they, if not, I kind of texted you guys this. What what happens if Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are both down? It's going to huh. be. <laughs> What's the, like, how big does that shift the game plan? You know, those tied it. Because, okay, Keenan is the underneath guy. That's the guy that's getting you the eight to 15 yard routes. Mm-hmm. So that Palmer. becomes a lot of tight end usage, right? And I think Palmer, you, I think. potentially, yeah. I just think that the guys that we're have gone to that a lot not more are potentially not cook play, and yeah. Parham, yeah. right? So those guys, I think you, it, you're, it's going to be a lot more tight end use. Um, and everyone loves the deep ball, but I don't know if that's going to be a gigantic part of the game. If those two guys are out, right. Um, it, it could be tough to go, um, and just say, Hey, Jalen, all you do is go deep. They know that that's what you're going to do. Go and good luck. Um, without having <laughs> Mike <speed>. Williams, <laughs> yeah. you, sir. without having Mike on the other side, taking away some of the pressure away from him, mm-hmm. Guyton's not a wide receiver one. That's going to be tough for him to be able to shake. And the yeah. Giants have a good defense. That's what's keeping them even around some of these games that they're playing. So, mm. um, yeah, let's let's say our prayers that Mike that and, and Keenan are both back. Yeah, big time. All right, gang, now it is time to look on over to the injury report. And uh, we'll start by checking in with Dan Popper because Dan kind of breaks it down pretty good as far as what is going on with all of our players. Um, And as as per usual, just to mention, this is as per Wednesday. Um, We record these early Thursdays, so stuff might have changed between the initial injury report and when this uh, actually comes out. But uh, Dan Popper tweeted, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., uh, dealing with a concussion and Linval Joseph uh, coming off of COVID. We're back at practice today, so that is good to see. Um, Joey Bosa and Austin Eckler both practicing today. Uh, Justin Jones, Alohi Gilman, and Corey Lindsley were not practicing. Uh, Lindsley was on the field with his helmet during stretching, but walked off before individual drills started. Uh, Corey Lindsley said he left practice today because he is managing some back tightness and did not seem very concerned. So uh, those of you that just looked at the injury report and was like, why is Corey Lindsley on here? It's like, well, dealing with a little bit of back tightness, got to take it easy and make sure that he's ready for game day. Go stretch that out. Yeah. Um, if he's then, not worried about it, I'm not worried about exactly. it. Exactly. I'm not either. Not, not he's even the Walter a little bit. Pete Man of the Year nominee. I'm not worried about anything. Not even says. a little bit, no. Oh. Um, and then Fernando Ramirez tweeted out that uh, Coach Brandon Staley says uh, Kyler Fackrell had a knee procedure to clean it up, quote unquote. Uh, he won't play this week, but we expect uh, him to come back at some point. Some point doesn't make me feel good. This is this came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I can't, he wasn't hurt at the game. Like he never went down on the field and got helped off or anything, right? Yeah. What is what, what kind of procedure would that be? Some kind of like. His scope. They went in scope and scope his knee. Yeah, yeah they, he might. If it's might just have a cleanup in his knee. Yeah. yeah, if it's a cleanup, it might have been something that's been lingering or something that needed to happen prior to the end of the season. And honestly, it was probably just like, okay, well, let's make a decision. Like, if we're going to make a playoff run at this, when can we get this done and have him back in time to assist us in that capacity? And 
Sure. Maybe that was the decision making. I don't know. I'm I'm grasping at straws to kind of figure out why they were doing it now. But yeah. obviously it was big enough that he needed to get it done at this point. So yeah. Hopefully that is all taken care of because yeah, Kyler Fackrell, we've we've seen him just about every game making some kind of a play. So hopefully we do get him back. Um and then looking at the rest of the list, uh, Eckler and Fackrell, we mentioned uh, Matt Filer dealing with the ankle injury. He's back uh practicing in full. That's great news. Good to see. And uh, Trey Marshall uh, dealing with an ankle injury, also practicing in full. And everybody else we already talked about. So there you go. Uh, it's not too bad of a list. Uh, really, the the only did not practices were uh, Fackrell, Gilman, and Jones, and then technically Lindsley just getting in a bit of a stretch before not practicing. So uh, we yeah, will, for us, it's the COVID list that we're worried about. This that week. is Not the biggest one right the injury now. Report. Yeah, yeah, those are the, the those Some are big names. Stars on there. Yeah. Um, and then looking over at the Giants at their injury report, uh, Saquon Barkley, boy, that poor tough son of a gun. He's dealing with an ankle injury, still got his limited practice in. Um, is that another one of those college things where he just got so much wear and tear on the tires? Like he just has not been healthy. He had one good year. I was going to say he had one good healthy. rookie season, but after that it was, but then he Still tore his AC, now. he tore his ACL that next year. Early, yeah. And then he just hasn't been able to come back able to healthy it, yeah. yet. Yeah. And they, it may have be being on the giants. They just, they haven't had a lot of success. <laughs> like it's possible. Much yeah. of anything, so, not managing yeah. their, their guys. Well, um, Mike Glennon, quarterback, uh, still in that concussion protocol, did not practice. Uh, Katie Galladay, wide receiver, dealing with a rib injury, did not practice. Defensive back uh, Adoree Jackson, dealing with a quadricep injury, did not practice. And Daniel Jones, their main quarterback, uh, still dealing with a neck injury, got in some limited practice. So I'm confused by all of these. this. I'm confused by this. Limited practice, but you can't play? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. What, what is practice for a quarterback? What is that? What it, like? He probably went out there and watched. Like that's limited practice for a yeah, quarterback. It's possible. A full practice right. is throwing the ball five to ten times. You know, mm-hmm. got it. So yeah, I because no one really knows the extent of Daniel Jones's injury. Like I tried to find what people were saying, and there's speculation from experts that were, hey, if he's missing a game, maybe it's more severe than what they had originally let on. Maybe he has a disc issue or something mm. along those lines. Um, so I just don't think really? anyone knows what's going on with Daniel Jones. I, I haven't been able to find like a hard and fast. This is what it is. This is how long it's going to be. Hmm. Um, but everyone's talking like there's no way he plays Sunday. Like he's out yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But like he's participating in practice, which is seems bizarre. Like if he's out, out, why not just let him heal? Just don't mm-hmm. put him in. You know practice. This could be a smoke screen. Keep us on our toes. Maybe. I mean, we we should definitely be prepared for for Dan Jones to to play but I mean prepare for whoever we're going up against and and to be ready um but then they had two more wide receivers Sterling Shepard uh, who got a limited practice in and Kadarius Tony who did not practice so they've got three three wide receivers that didn't or two that didn't practice one that got a limited practice in and uh both of their two top quarterbacks either didn't practice or got a limited practice in so they're pretty banged up over there as well and uh, if anything should hopefully look good for us when we go to play them. But again, 
Don't well, don't take these guys for granted. This is why I'm a little interested in like the smoke screen that is the Giants right now because we just saw I saw an article posted last night where a tweet somebody said uh, Giants are optimistic that Mike Lennon will be cleared and ready to play versus the Chargers per Joe Judge, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he will start if cleared from concussion protocol. So they, I think they just want us to prepare for three quarterbacks. I think that's what they're trying to do. Sure, to why not? Well, they also might just not know. Like, they, there's no way to know if Mike Glennon's getting a clear concussion protocol. He has to go out and run, right. and he has to have no symptoms, and then he has to have some contact and have no symptoms. So it's like, coach just legitimately doesn't know if the guy's going to have symptoms or not after they start doing these things. And Daniel Jones, like I, I guess he flew out to L.A. to see some specialist on Monday. Mm. And that doesn't speak to like, yeah, he's going to be ready to go here in a week if you're flying out to see a specialist doctor sure. to get some kind of a new assessment of your neck. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's I think obviously I think it's between Glennon and Fromm. Um, Glennon will play, it sounds like, if he's finally clears all these concussion protocols that the NFL has. But it's not as if like, Glennon is this outrageously better quarterback than no. Jake Fromm, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's I, don't, I don't think there's, we're preparing for the Giants system. And I don't think either of these guys have a unique skill set. It's not as if you have Lamar Jackson or Mike Glennon, you know, it's, they're, they're both pocket passers that can, like, I guess Fromm could probably move a little bit better, but he's not really known as that kind of quarterback. So we're just preparing for the system for the play caller, which also is new. Mm-hmm. He's only been calling plays for what one, two weeks. So yeah, there's a lot of unknowns going into what this offense is going to look like um, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. When it's like what we always talk about is like you make their weakness try and beat us, and right now you want to make these two quarterbacks try and beat us. Like that's yeah. what maybe you should be looking at for your defensive scheme against the Giants, and let's go put up as many points as we can, and hopefully we have a lot of our guys back, and no one's dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, fingers crossed. Um, looking at the Giants and their record right now, they are four and eight uh, this season. That is the bottom of the NFC East. Uh, losing to the Broncos in their first game, losing to Washington, losing to the Falcons, uh, beating the Saints 27 21. Bizarre dub there. Uh, yeah. Losing to the Cowboys pretty, pretty handedly, uh, losing to the Rams pretty handedly, and then smacking the Panthers pretty hard in the mouth. Um, Losing to the Chiefs. Uh, barely. Barely. 2017. And then beating the Raiders. Good job. Good job, Giants, beating the Good Raiders. Good work. Um, thank losing, you. Yeah, thank you. Losing to the Bucks. Uh, beating the Eagles, barely. And uh, losing to the Dolphins. And now here we, we are. Next. Got well, us and next. I, th- I think the what you look at the last three weeks, you know, with the new coaching coming in and all that, like they haven't scored more than 13 points in the last three weeks. They're, they they're, they don't score points. They're no. like if you look at most of their score, that's they just, just don't. And do that's it. not a that's not a. Non, I'm not trying to like talk trash. I'm just saying. No, they're it's just funny. They're they're averaging around probably 20 points a game, if mm-hmm. that. Right. So their defense is what's keeping them in games. The games they won, they're keeping teams low. Like they kept the Panthers to three. Um, they kept Eagles to seven. Eagles to seven. They kept the Chiefs to 20, which is. That's a that's a low score for a Chiefs uh, team. Mm-hmm. So their defense is is what's keeping them in the games. They're they're not going to go out there and put up forty points like we can. Um, they're aiming for twenty and hoping that their defense can hold the opposing opposing team under twenty. Mm-hmm. We know that the Chargers we need to score thirty points. That's just that's just the way it works. If we score right. thirty, we have a really really good chance of winning. 
Um, so we got to get out there and hopefully we have all of our weapons to be able to make that happen. Right. We're, or according to this in the last three weeks, if we can score 14, should be in pretty good shape. <laughs> so there you go, folks. 14 or 30, whatever. We'll either Whatever you want. Somewhere yeah, in the middle. Somewhere in there we should win. I still um, want 30. Yeah. 30, still, I'll 30, take 30. 30 is comfortable. 30, we want a comfortable 30 burgers way. are delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, folks, don't forget to go on over to chargerchant.com. Check out some of the sweet merch. I've got my shirt on right now. It is comfy. I see Kev's got his hoodie on. So um, if you if you're looking for any of those last minute gifts uh, for Christmas just around the corner, go on over to chargerchat.com. Check out some of the merchandise and uh, join join the member section. You know, you can always that's free. Yeah. You can go by and chat with other people and and get hyped uh, for the next game. Um, all right, folks. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. It is Coach's Corner. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I might throw up a little bit. Let's go on over to Coach's Corner. Great moments are born from great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts coaches <laughs> trade up. And we shut them down because we can't. Because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. All right, gang. Like I said, it is time for Coach's Corner. I have no idea... I like this. I kind of like going into this like with a surprise because it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So, Coach, what is what is on the menu for today? Yeah, so I think a lot of people got excited about the RPO with our our, our touchdown, right? The wide open throw to Keenan. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I've heard a lot of people like, oh, I'm hope, I hope the RPO is more a part of our game. Um, and so I wanted to look at when we ran the RPO in this game. So I looked at, um, we didn't do it a whole lot. Um, I watched the first three quarters. I ran out of time to look at the fourth quarter. Sorry, this is this is a passion project. I did I did not hit my deadline. That's okay. Um, but passion there was project. only three play. There was only three RPOs that I found in three quarters. So it's it's not a gigantic part of our offense. And here's 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 some of the things that as you watch and um, I want to give people um, insight so that they can complain appropriately. Um, That's so, good. I like a that. lot of a lot good. of people want to. We want to criticize play calling at the end of the game. If we don't win, why didn't we run more RPOs? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that could be an easy, quick go to, you sound like, you know what you're talking about. Cause you said RPO, which is a cool <laughs> <Right>. fancy term. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone understands RPO and like the system around it as to why maybe we didn't run it more. Okay. Um, so RPO stands for run pass option. Um, so that. in one, in one play, you can either run oh. it or pass it based on what the defense gives you. It's quarterback's decision. It's not called in the huddle. It's a it's in-game post-snap decision whether it's going to be he's going to give it on the run or keep, keep it to pass. A couple of stipulations for RPO. It has to be done in the shotgun. If you see Justin under center, we cannot run RPO. It's impossible for him to turn his back to the defense to hand the ball off and then know what's going on on the defense. So he mm-hmm. has to be in shotgun so that as he's doing his fake, he can see what his read is and then pull if he if he needs to. So if we're under center, don't be screaming, oh, here comes RPO, okay? That's, that's number one. Um, you can tell, noticing RPO, if we're just watching the game, you can tell it's an RPO based on the way that the linemen block if you see a pass play. So if we end up passing the ball and all of the offensive linemen are firing out to here, you know it's RPO because they're all zone blocking. They're getting off the ball. And a normal pass protection, if it's just a pass, these guys are sitting back. They're going to take two or three steps, let these guys come to them. 
So if they're firing out and we still pass the ball, it's likely an RPO. Hmm. Um, then the other thing that maybe some of you won't like about the RPO game is it has to be short passes. They're all quick underneath routes. You're not going to see an RPO deep ball to Mike Williams. The reason being is those linemen are, like I said, they're firing out and blocking on zone blocking. So their first block will be here, but then one of them's supposed to work up to linebacker. So if it takes too long to throw the ball, we're going to have an illegal man downfield. So if you're demanding RPO, realize that that means short, quick, underneath passing game. That's why the ball to Keenan, we'll watch that play here in a couple minutes. Watch where the linemen are because it gets really close that they could have thrown a flag on us being a legal man downfield. Even though it was a wide open pass and it was beautiful, it could have come back because it maybe just took a hair too long to make the decision. Mm. So has to be short underneath stuff. Um, and yeah, it's a short yardage play. Um, it could be a first down play because a lot of the times that's when you run the ball anyways. But you have to realize that no matter when you call an RPO, the run has to be able to accomplish the, the job, right? Mm -hmm. If it's third and 15, you're not going to RPO because if the read is give, we're going to run the ball in third and 15. That, that doesn't do us any good. So RPO is going to be, it's unique to certain situations. Obviously, first and 10, you can do second and short, third and short, those kind of situations where they don't know what we're going to run or at least a running play can accomplish what we need done on that play, that's when you'll see RPOs. If it's an obvious passing down, don't start screaming for an RPO because it has to be short passes. And if we give the ball, you're going to be real pissed. If that's what the defense read is to give, then we're going to be really upset. So RPOs are unique and used um, accordingly. They're for specific situations. Um, so the first play of the game was an RPO. So I want you guys just to be able to see Watch the linemen as they fire out. They're all going to fire out as if they're blocking. Now, what another way that you can tell that it's an RPO is watch all the receivers. These guys are running routes. Instead of coming up here and trying to cut him off and block, they're running routes. So Justin has that option if he decides to go with it. So as I play the tape, watch the linemen. They're all firing out to run block, but then you have receivers running routes. They're running a little smash. This could be a quick, it's basically like a quick screen to Keenan if they decide. So. Palmer is going to come out here and block. Keenan's running a little bubble. If he gets the right look, he's just going to hit Keenan right away. We ran this a lot. Um, I think because we were worried about these corner, these uh, slot nickel blitzes against Cincinnati. Mm. Anytime these guys started to come, Justin wanted to go right here right away because the safety has to come cover and it just, they just didn't have enough time to do it. So this is, this was one of the big ones that we tried to do a lot was it's just a little bubble, get the ball to Keenan in space quick. Um, there was one play that we had a penalty that we tried to run it um, and it would have been really successful, but there was a false start or something along those lines. Mm. All right. So this is that touchdown play that we all saw. It was a very obvious looking RPO um, and we could all tell that this was a obviously extremely successful play. I'll run the clip through once just so we can see because it's fun to watch. Um, he's going to ride the play action. He keeps Keenan's wide open in the end zone because that safety comes up on the play action of the run. So um, there's there's a couple of things that I kind of wanted to talk about in this play. Um, obviously second and three, this is a short yardage situation. Again, this is when the run can accomplish your goal, but if you get the right look, you can also pass the ball. That's the type of situation that we want to be running these things. A lot of shade I think has been thrown at coach, um, at coach about the predictability of a second down play calling, right? Oh, hmm. we're always going to run on second down to get in a manageable third down. Um, this adds a wrinkle. Yeah, maybe he called a run play, but it's a run pass option. So 
if the looks there, you kind of, as much as we think that we're geniuses as fans and we figured out, oh my gosh, this is so predictable. I know your tendencies. He knows his own tendencies. These guys, this coaching staff that through every game will go through and look at all of the tendencies that they, they have in play calling and try to fix it in the next game. If they see that on second and long, they're running this formation and this play every time, they're going to know that. And they know that the other D coordinator knows that and they're going to switch it. So I, we, we don't, we, we, we watch and we're interested and we love being like, man, that's weird. It seems like we run on second down a lot. Coaches know that as well. They get a gigantic breakdown at the end of every game. What, when they ran what, what formations they ran the most, what personnel groupings did they have on this down, this down, and this down, and they switch it. They, they need to break their tendencies so defenses can't get a look at it, if possible. If, if sometimes injury doesn't allow that, but if possible, they switch it up. So here's second and third down here in the red zone. I think probably most of us were all expecting run, right? Guess what? So were the Bengals. That's why this safety, as soon as that run, that run look comes, he's flying down into the box. And that's what opens up Keenan so big. He knew his mm. tendency, second and short, was to run the ball. He calls an RPO because if that safety comes like he should, pull it's an easy touchdown. This is this is our offensive coordinator fixing his tendencies that we all know and sometimes talk a lot of smack about. So this is part of of, of our coach evolving and adjusting to what he knows his tendencies are too. Mm. Um this play, I think Justin knew from the get-go. I think coach probably told him, hey, this is probably going to be the pass um, because his eyes, as we watch this clip, I'll show you the end zone too. His eyes are never on linebacker safety. Normally in RPO, you're not reading an end. That's for read options. That's just if either give or keep. Normally in RPOs where it's either a run or a pass, you're going to be reading a linebacker. That's your look or a safety. One of those two is your key because if they do this, then we throw. If they stay back, then we run. That's normally what the read is. Here he's reading the end. So I think coach told him, hey, the, the pass should be there. Because as you as we watch it, as you watch Justin, his eyes are not go to linebacker safety. He's just looking right here to see if he gets pressure right away. I think if he would have come quick, he would have given it. But because that that DN sat for just a second, he's able to keep it. Keenan's wide open because this corner stayed wide on the motion and that safety flew up. This is a great play call. He coach knew that sending this motion was going to keep this corner honest because he's in a full head of steam. This guy has to respect that and stay. Now you have our tight end. So that's going to be taken up by the linebacker. This safety has to have Keenan. As soon as he takes one step, Keenan's wide open. This is a great play call in every way. It, it kills our tendency because they know that we want to run. It, it, it manipulates the defense to do what we want them to do. And it gets Keenan man to man on the read option. So in all ways, this was a really, really well called play and executed play. All right, I want to show you guys real quick the end zone view. It's just fun to be able to see the way that it works. This is basically from Justin's point of view. It's as close to uh, Cam on Justin as you can get. You can mm -hmm. see where his head's looking. You can see what he sees in coverage as he keeps, right? So first and foremost, he's watching for the run. Right now, this B-gap looks pretty, pretty open. If we're running zone this way, this looks like it should be a pretty open gap with this end being so wide and these guys being in here tight, unless this guy adjusts, which he may here in a second. But if I'm the quarterback, I'm thinking, man, that, that looks like a pretty good open B gap for Eck to run through. Now they did adjust. So now you have linebacker there. So now, hey, maybe I am going to look. I'm going to see what they do on this motion and maybe I am keeping it. So he, they motion. Right now, I think he knows what he's doing. This is his read. Normally in RPO, you're reading this or the safety that might be in here. 
Right now, I think he's reading in. If in comes fast, he's going to give. But because that in sits, he pulls and has the time to be able to make the pass. As you see, so as soon as that defensive end stays, he pulls. Now everything's wide open. It's a huge play. I, I just, the more that I looked at this and the more that I thought about this play, I just thought it was, it really was a genius play call. Yeah, we executed it well, but it, it killed all of our tendencies and it manipulated the defense to do what we needed it to do for that play to be successful. So mm. good on you, coach. Nice. At, to kind of wrap it up, I think the RPO is great and it's an element of our offense, but don't, don't be expecting it every play. Again, I think that that's what we do really well is we mix things up. We all want the deep ball every single play because it's fun. It's exciting. It's a big play. If we ran it every play, it wouldn't be successful. You have to be able to do these different little elements and sprinkle them in here and there to keep the defense on their toes. Defenses have to prepare for RPO. What RPO does also is it, it manipulates the defense into running more man-to-man. Because if they go into a zone, it gets really hard when they're looking at quarterback and they come up hard to stop the to stop the run. Everything gets open behind. So you by running a couple RPOs, you can you can make defenses run man to man in these short yarded situations, and then take advantage of it with the deep ball. So the, there's just a lot going into these play callings and scheming um, and decision making um, that we don't always know. And I wish that we could have a full breakdown by coach at our OC every single week would be awesome, uh, but there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of tendencies and, and analytics and statistics that they have to go through to break down to say, how can I manipulate a defense to run more man? Okay, I'll run some RPOs um, or so on and so forth. So um, love the RPO. I just think it's it's going to be a part of the game, but it's not our whole offense. Absolutely. Yeah. Seeing, you know, having you break it down like that is really, it is, it's exciting to to see how they're able to pick the defenses apart. We're, we're used to now the idea of defenses figuring out Justin Herbert. And now it's like, no dude, Justin Herbert figured out you, Bro. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we turned the tables. So awesome. Well, thank you coach for yeah. taking a look at the, at the RPO. Now we can all sound a little bit smarter uh, on victory Mondays when we're talking to our, our friends at the office around the water cooler. But now folks, it is time to go on to the next segment it is Bolt Insight. Let's see what Kevin has lined up this week. Me? Yeah, you. As soon as that clock starts, your ass mine. When I met Justin Herbert, man, that dude is big as hell. You know, the goal is to just keep it rolling. Well, come in hype because we have a lot of things to be excited about. All right, guys, we are back with another Bolt Insight, and we are super pumped to have Jason Reed from Bolt Beat. What is going on, Jason? Nothing much, Kevin. How's it going, my man? I'm uh, stoked to be back on. It's been a minute. I know, dude. Months, I believe. Pumped to have you, man. It's like the season's already come and gone already. It's kind of craziness. Yeah. I mean, every football season, this happens. The offseason feels like a million years, and then week one happens. And I love watching football, obviously, Charger football, but I'll sit there, watch Red Zone. And I'm like, yes, football's back. And then I look up, and it's week, you know, we got four or five weeks left, and I'm just like, oh, it's over. It's almost over. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's can't believe it. Well, I was just th- thinking about it today. I was like, God, we have five games left. Oh, God, we have five games left. Oh, God, <laughs> I better have some more games. Hopefully, everything goes according to plan and we get to watch some more Charger football because five is not enough for me. No, um, it is not. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about this last game, man. The Cincinnati game. Um, crazy. It was supposed to be the matchup. Burrow, Herbert. We come out of the gates hot. You know, okay. hot out of the gates. And then we kind of fell apart for two quarters and then we brought it back. So, like, what were your overall impressions, you know, seeing us come out that hot and kind of how it all played out? So maybe I deserve a little bit of blame for this because uh 
I watched the beginning of the game, you know, saw it was whatever the score was. We were up, you know, 24, zero, whatever the score ended up being. And then I went out to lunch with some family. So I, you know, I was following the game on my phone and whatnot, but I wasn't physically watching. And, uh, you know, I was just seeing all the updates and I was like, Oh no, Eckler fumbles. Oh no. You know, Herbert had the, the, the pick, it was really an arm punt, but the pick yeah. and then the other Eckler fumble and it was 24, 22. And I had just turned it back on right when the Bengals went for two and didn't convert. So then after that, that's kind of when the Chargers started playing well again. So I don't know. Maybe I cursed the team. You got to uh, watch every game, man. No more going on, going to lunch at halftime. <laughs> I missed the middle. It was 24-0. You know, I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. Like I can miss, you know, the second and third quarter, come back to fourth quarter. Nope. Um, so it's my fault. From what I did see and, you know, watching the recaps, you know, in the film afterwards. I mean, it was great. I was, I was worried about mixing. I was worried about Jamar Chase. You know, Campbell's been struggling a little bit. Our run defense, you know, hasn't been the best, but look, they stepped up. The D line stepped up. The secondary stepped up. The special teams was really good. It was like all the little, you know, complaints we've had about the team. That's kind of held them back a little bit. They all played really well on Sunday. So it was great to see for sure. Yeah. When you get those things clicking, you know, it helps everyone else. Like seeing the the first kick, kick return off the, you know, the first play of the game, yeah. him running back to the 50. I'm like, what is this? What is <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen today? This is like off to a great start. So, you know, what, what were your general thoughts on, you know, the quarterback play? Cause I think that everyone and their mom right now is talking about like the comparison between the number one pick and Justin Herbert and Burrow, all this crazy craziness. Yeah. It's pretty clear what happened on Sunday, but what were your, what were your insights? What did you think? Yeah. I mean, I really like Joe Burrow. So any Bengals fans that might be listening to this first, hello, thank you for checking out charger chat. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like Burrow. So this isn't to bash Burrow. You know, I'm a, I was a big Burrow guy when he was at LSU, you know, really liked him back then, but I mean, it's been clear, you know, since day one, I mean, her uh, Burrow did get hurt year one, but you know, Herbert's been ahead, you know, he was better off the gates. He's been better this year. And that's not saying her, Burrow's been bad, but sure. Herbert's been better. And that was the same thing this week. Um, you know, Burrow, he did hurt his pinky. You know, he had that unlucky interception to Jamar Tate chase, which was unlucky, but Herbert also had that bomb, that bomb to Parham that, you know, went right through his hands. So it's a give and a take. And I've seen a lot of Bengals fans kind of bringing up that interception is the reason why Burrow had a a worse game. But when Herbert was fantastic, it's not like Herbert struck both struggled, you know, and Herbert was just less struggling. It was no Herbert had a great game. Burrow was, you know, disappointing for the standards he set as a young quarterback. And he had the better game and to see everyone spin it, you know, um, Dan Orlovsky saying, you know, the film Burrow is better. I, I just don't know what film he's watching. <laughs> um, the pro football focus grades has Burrow better, which, you know, big shout out to Arjun. He's great, but I don't love the PFF grades at times. Cause it's no. a lot of eye tests and it's like Herbert made a great throw on a contested catch in a tight window. And that's a bad thing because it was contested. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. So, you know, Herbert was better. I think it's, you know, pretty clear to the naked eye to anyone who's not biased and didn't have the preconceived burrow hype heading into it. But I don't know, man. People are going to spin things however they want. Yeah, (laughs) it's the media darlings. And it's hard, too, because it's the first round pick thing. It's like all these people, they kind of have extra investment in this guy because, you know, the pundits are like, he's number one. He's the best. Like, you know, Herbert shouldn't even be drafted in the first round. Like there's just an, there's a bias that they can't escape. So you kind of have to expect it a little bit, but it sure is nice when our boy goes out there and does what he did on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, people are doubling down on the Herbert take, you know, cause it was, he's not going to be good as a pro. And then he comes out and he surprises everyone, even charger fans. I wasn't expecting him to be record. Sure. You know, sure. Um, surprises everyone. And then you get the sophomore slumps, you know, he can't, 
be this good under pressure. He can't sustain it. And like trying to say that he's going to be worse because he won't be under pressure. I don't know. I saw some of that too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he plays well and he has a bad game against Baltimore and he has a bad game against uh, uh, last week. He had a bad game and it's like, Oh, you know, Herbert, what's wrong with them. And then it's just like, come on guys, like no quarterbacks. Perfect. Show me, you know, has Tom Brady made a great start every single start. And it's just, doubling down on this narrative and burrow is just another way to double down on the Herbert narrative. Cause you know, they're so connected. So sure. it is what it is, man. Yeah. You know, let the play speak for it. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy for us because he played well and we don't have to come up with an excuses yeah. why he didn't uh, win the game. So um, it's, it's exciting time right now. We had a couple back and forth weeks, win, loss, win, loss. And now we're back in the win column. Um, and we got some pretty winnable, hopefully games ahead of us. We got giants. We go back with Casey comes to us. We play the Texans. Like there is some, there's some, there's some hope. There's some excitement right now as a charger fan. So what are you kind of looking for as your kind of how we wrap this bad boy up with these last five games? So, you know, we have a chance at the division for sure. Um, Casey beating them twice near Well, I definitely think the chargers are capable and, um, you know, I will be taking them in that game, you know, betting picks or whatever. Um, Casey hasn't lost two division games since 2014. So it's tough. You know, we can't, you can't expect the chargers win, even though we do as charger fans, you know, it's going to be tough. So the division's still there. I do think Casey's going to win all their other games. So I do think we have to beat them in our building and win out, which the chargers should be every other team on that schedule. I mean, the giants and the Texans cakewalks. Yes. It was an ugly game against Denver, but we tend to split against them. It'll be at home. We don't have to deal with altitude, all that stuff. Yeah. And then the Raiders, you know, Raider fans can make the same argument. You know, it's going to be in Vegas. You know, we should split with the Chargers, but they're just, the wheels are falling off. So by the time yeah. week 18 rolls around, we might get Marcus Mariota and a team who doesn't care anymore. Yeah. So um, that might not even end up being competitive, you know, knock on wood. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at the division. I just want to see them continue to play good football, you know, week in, week out, beat the Giants. They should beat the Giants, but I want to see a, a convincing win. You know what I mean? Because as good as this team is when they're really good, we've seen a little bit of inconsistencies and that's just, part of, you know, the experience with the first year head coach, second year quarterback, it happens, but Staley said all year, you know, he wants to finish strong. He wants to play his best football in the fourth quarter and the fourth quarter of the season. And we're in the fourth quarter of the season. So I don't know, maybe they went out, win the division. Could yeah, be possible. That's exciting. Well, number one seed. <laughs> you can see, you can see coach, like he's, he's not, he's ramping himself up. You can see yeah. the kind of intensity, like he is building this team the way he's acting. And I kind of yeah. love to see his fieriness and what he's doing on the sideline. It's like, he's getting, he's hitting that December football as a coach too. Yep. And I mean, the chargers historically, I mean, what was Phil rivers record? Like it was insane in Phil December. You know? It was Phil Simber. Yep. And uh, hopefully that carries over. I mean, Herbert last year, you know, won what three in a row was it at the end of the season? Yep. December football chargers have historically been good. I mean, beat the giants really good, you know, this week. And then you catch the the chiefs on a short week, surprise them, you know, beat them first team since 2014 to beat them twice in the season. Yeah. And then we're rolling, you know, division it's ours to lose. And then number one seed, you know, depending how it shakes out, like as crazy as it is, they still have a chance, you know? Sure. So, and no one would have said that, you know, or thought it was possible last week when they lost to Denver, but here we are, man. We, when we're at our, when the Chargers are at their best, they look as good as anyone in the conference. So. For sure. For sure. Um, and we'll get you out of here on this. Um, you know, we're just super pumped to be affiliated with you guys with uh, Bolt Beat. So how's everything going on at Bolt Beat? What are you guys producing? How's everything going on over there? It's going good, man. Just, you know, in, in the swing of the season, you know, doing, you know, previews every week, you know, just certain matchups to look for, you know, kind of more so, you know, Charger fans know their team. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on the team, you know, talking about Tavon, you know, the players that need to step up like Tavon Campbell, Jerry Tillery, all that fun stuff. Sure. Um, 
But if you want like pregame, you know, coverage on the matchups, you know, we last week we talked about the matchups, you know, the Chargers have to win against the Bengals to win the players. They need to limit. It was mostly Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, which they did. Yep. Um, and it's a lot of that, you know, the in-season grind and, you know, just watching Charger football, the more they win, you know, the more we write meaningful content that actually matters, you know, playoff hunt and everything. Yep. I haven't got to experience that on bolt beat. I wasn't on bolt beat in 2018. So it's fun, man. I get to not only be a fan, but cover a potential playoff team. So that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm excited to read it and uh, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can do all their, you know, see all your awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, bolt beat, if you want to follow the the pages, you know, the website's page, it's BB underscore chargers on Twitter. Me personally at eat your readies, like eat your Wheaties, uh, but it. my last name, R E E D I E S. Um, same thing on Facebook. You know, we, we post some clever stuff on Facebook. You can find us there. And then boltbeat.com is the website itself to, to read our work. So and we'll find your podcast on there as well. That's right. Embedded in every article. <laughs> you can find it over there. So, all right, Jason, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, let's hook it up again soon. And hopefully we can have like a, maybe a playoff edition of Bolt Insight where Jason joins us and we can get into it again. Oh, I would love that. I uh, appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. Well, we'll circle the date now. When the Chargers make the playoffs. I love it. Not and, if, when. I like that. And I'll say if they win the division, but when they make the playoffs, uh, We'll circle that day. I'll come back on. We'll preview the, uh, hopefully the divisional round. Don't even have to play in the wild card round. So that should be fun. I Thanks for having me on though. Dude, it's been a blast. Our pleasure. Love everything you're saying. Let's, uh, we'll talk to you soon, Jay. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Well, thank you, Jason, for, uh, for stopping by on the Charger Thanks, chat. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's meaningful football right now. That is let's, for sure. <laughs> I want let's get him back on for a playoff, another playoff bolt inside. I'd love oh, to chat. Oh man. Football. We've never done a playoff episode. What's it nope. going to look like? Don't know. Let's we not get ahead it? of ourselves. All right, let's Couldn't get there. No. Oh, okay. no, we haven't been in the playoffs in two. Yeah, this is our third not. season doing it. Yeah, really? We haven't been in two years, no. I thought that we've first been dog one trash with... ever since we started this Charger chat. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. <laughs> I think we're a jinx. Yeah. <laughs> we've been dog trash. All right. Well, really? I thought we did the wild card with, uh, with that Phil was, on our very first That's what one. got us excited and wanted us to get rolling into this. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, there you go, folks. This could be a first for the Charger chat. Uh, talking playoffs, man, playoffs, who knew? Um, all right. Well, uh, that is pretty much it for us here at Charger chat. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, like I do every week, let's go out and beat the shit out of these giants and have a good time. What do you think boys? <laughs> I just want the ball first. No matter if we win, if we win the toss, just take the ball. Let's just go score fast. Put our stamp on the game. Let us do it. I will be out the game. If you guys come, we're going to try to right. get to, yes. um, thunder out of the early. So. Um, traffic will be the deciding factor, but we're going to do our best to get out there. So come say hi. Go do the, you got, you got to do the kettlebell with senior snappy. You have you to do that. Yeah. Maybe. You got to oh, make up for, oh. for the last week. Um, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Folks keep an eye out for, for Kyle, the coach Duggan at uh, thunder rally and at the game should be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and that is going to do it for us here at charger chat folks. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. Do you have trouble hearing facts? Do you wish there was a way to tune out the haters? Then you need Dan Orlovsky's hearing aids. Dan Orlovsky's hearing aids come with a special setting. Whenever someone proves you wrong, the soothing sound of the beach takes over. No, dude, you're wrong. Justin Herbert had the better game. He threw for more completions with less attempts, threw for more yards, threw for more touchdowns. 
Dan Orlovsky's hearing aids. Order now and get a free pair of clown shoes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.